Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. For better or for worse, this is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian and Robbie Falk with you on a Thursday morning. (laughs) All right, let's buckle up. All around me are familiar faces. Here we go. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Haydad. He's Robbie Falk. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who another take care of us. We even appreciate old Lloyd out there listening to us tonight, or hopefully. To the BNB show. BNB show. So hopefully, listen to that. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors over Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know, if you, if you don't like to drink coffee, maybe you can just throw hot coffee right in your eye. <laughs> you don't have to watch these kind of things anymore. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. And if you're going to do that, I suggest the albino squirrel. Yeah. Tell, tell them make that thing extra hot. Like let it let it go to the point where you're pretty sure it's burnt. Just, just right in the. Maybe finger. it'll go right through your skull and just yeah, exactly. melt your It'll brain. look like the Nazis at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Oh, or you could just watch Mississippi State sports for a living, and, and it can just happen naturally. College, we're gonna, everybody's getting a, a, one of these kind of reads today. College Corner, if you buy a shirt big enough, you can wrap it around your head and not have to see anything. Jeez. It's a brutal day, man. We're, we are, we're, get out the doom and gloom today. It's happening. We're just going full bore. And better news, I saw, I saw a College Corner tent of Southern Miss and Mississippi State stuff. And you tweeted Great about that. stuff there. At the, very rarely do you see that at the ballpark. Yeah. Like a, a legit setup like that. But they were all out. That's great. I was really impressed with their with their spread there. College Corner, great selection of MSU and other schools. If if you if you're just not built for this, if you need to if you need to get off the train now, they have other gear there as well. Humble Taco. Ever mentioned they serve margaritas there? Because you might need a few. Might need a couple of those. Well, uh, d- double shot, please. Double shot of tequila in mine. But, you know, great patio, great food, great people, great drinks. What's not to like next time you're in Starkville? And God only knows when that's going to be. Go to Humble Taco. Can't really say anything about Firehouse Subs. That's a national company. I don't, I don't, know, how to, I don't know how to make it work, so. 
I'll just stick with the uh, the uh, the original on that. And that remind that's a reminder that when you're ordering for lunch, Firehouse Subs is a great option. And you should always use the Firehouse Subs app, assuming you haven't thrown your phone in the river so you stop getting MSU sports updates. Just go to Firehouse Subs app, place your order, and you will pile up the reward points. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. What do you want to talk about? We, I'll let you pick. Where are we going first? It's got to be baseball, right? I was going to talk about your favorite Duran Duran album. See, I don't. I can't tell you the albums. My favorite Duran Duran song is "New Moon on Monday." Okay. Uh, then "Hungry Like the Wolf," and then "View to a Kill." Well, the best uh, Duran Duran song is the "Reflex." Flex, 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 flex. Yes. All right. We'll start with baseball. Ugh. You were there. You were in Pearl uh, Wednesday night. Southern Mississippi seven. Mississippi State one. Ooh. Robbie, I'm not saying it's time to push the panic button, but you can at least flip the lid up on that thing at this point. Yeah, State it's, is it's in the danger zone. The State's in the danger zone now. If they don't, they, they got to win the series. They almost need to sweep Tulane just to feel like they can still host here on the first weekend of March. Yeah, this is a, this is an awful start. This is, this is one of the worst starts that I can remember. I mean, that, that 2015 team started off well. So, I mean, th- this start is as bad as I can remember. I mean, 2014, they had a bad start. 2018, they, they had a really bad start. 2018 would probably be the, the comparable year. You know, they started 0-3 at, at USM. Um, they ended up being 2-7, and I think, in SEC play. But my goodness, I mean, it's just – it's been a long time since I've seen a state offense struggle this badly at the plate. I mean, Logan Tanner squared up and hit the ball hard. I thought Brad Cumbus hit the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Hunter Hines. Everybody else was just rough. I mean, bad. And how about the leadoff position, man? Two for 26. That is a stat that is very telling. When you think about the last six years of MSU baseball and Jake Mangum and Rowdy Jordan sort of setting the table for you. They can't replace they, they've not been able to, they have re- not been to able replace, replace that. Rowdy Jordan. I mean and, and and those two hits came in the same game, by the way. Cam James had two hits in one game. Yeah. That those were the two hits. So everybody other than Cam James is over mm-hmm. in the leadoff spot. So I mean, that might be your only choice. And he he's not hitting the ball well right now either. So, I mean, it's just – It's up and down the lineup. It, it's, it's not just one guy. It's not just one part of the lineup. It's everybody. Yeah. And now there, you're there's, pick- there's a couple of guys. You know, Brad Cumbus has been pretty good. Yeah. I, I think Logan Tanner has been pretty good too. Um, and Hunter Hines, I, I can't be upset with him. But that those are kind of the only three that I've felt have been pretty consistent here in the early going at squaring it up, hitting the ball hard, finding a barrel on it, not rolling over ground balls all the time. It's just that that's what you're seeing from Mississippi State. Weak fly balls, weak contact, swing and miss. You know, the, the Tanner Hall from Southern Miss just absolutely ran through 
Mm-hmm. This Mississippi State lineup, 13 strikeouts in seven innings. State had uh, twice had uh, an opportunity to break through. Again, couldn't get a big hit. And uh, both times the freshman Aaron Downs came up there. You know, those big at-bats, they're going to find a freshman. Mm-hmm. The, the, they're going to find a freshman, and that's what happened there. Uh, two big at-bats for the true freshman, and he just wasn't able to come through, and I can't really blame him. I mean, this is a guy that's playing in his uh, third game in college. I can't really be upset with him on that, but it's the other guys, man. I mean, Cam James is not coming through for you right now. Um, you're not getting much from from some of those older guys. Something's got to happen, and it's got to happen quick. Tulane last weekend took two of three from Louisiana Tech. That's the same Louisiana Tech team that hosted one conference USA last season, hosted the uh, a regional, and just beat LSU earlier last week. On uh, Tuesday, they beat Southeast Louisiana twenty three to one. And then tonight, as we're recording on Wednesday night, they beat Texas Southern ten to two. They've scored thirteen twenty three and ten runs. This is a good team, is what I'm trying to get at. They're eight and one on the season. They're a good baseball team, and you've got to go on the road now. Robbie, this is this is a bad, this is a dangerous situation. These next five games, you, you really need to be four and one. And it's hard. Five games. How can you predict that right now? You can't, with you can't do it. I mean, there's hardly anybody that I'm counting on out of the bullpen. I, I don't, I don't expect anybody to come in there and just shut down a lineup. I mean, they had to use some of their main bullpen arms tonight, and they couldn't really get it done. Brandon Smith was was pretty good, I thought, for the second straight time. So that's that's good. Good. But these these guys, there's there's nobody that you can really count on in the bullpen. The offense right now is just a mess. Um, so I just I don't really know if I can project Mississippi State to have that kind of success going on the road. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Anything, anything can happen in baseball. Teams can just turn it on out of nowhere, and I think that's that's and a possibility too. I mean, you we got a little bit know. of that a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. State was in a bad spot like this. They lost that terrible game to Texas Southern. They lost two out of three on the road at Long Beach, mm-hmm. and then they played Texas Tech, who I think was the number two team in the country at that point, and got both games. And you thought going into SEC play that first weekend. You thought, okay, well, they, they, they figured it out. They're going to get back and get rolling again. And then, of course, everything shut down. So is it possible? Yeah. Are these guys talented and we know that? Yeah. But it's not clicking for Mississippi State baseball right this second. Something beyond – this is one of those things where it's beyond what's happening on the field. Mentally, this team is not right. And I don't know if it's just a case of they've – over the past, you know, few years, you know, you lose Mangum and McNamee, then you lose Allen and Jordan, and you just haven't replaced that leadership in the locker room. Or are, are they just they, do they have the big head? Have they been spent the whole offseason, you know, driving around Starkville and seeing national championship flags everywhere and, and thinking about how great they are? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think Chris Lamotis knows the answer to that question. You know, I, w- I will say that I, I did talk, I did ask, um, Logan Tanner, his thoughts on the leadership on this team. And I, I feel like there are some leaders on this team, but mm-hmm. I asked him, do, do you think it's good? Do you think you need more of it? What are your thoughts on where it is right now? And he said, you know, quite frankly, we need we need more. We need more leadership. 
that's a telling statement yeah. that he doesn't believe that right now well, there's enough people that are stepping up to the plate to say, guys, we're, this is over. We're done with this. We're not going to lose in Mississippi State. Yeah. We just won a freaking national championship. We're not going to be the team to come after that national title and be a complete letdown. You know, the fans are counting on us. People around the country are counting on us to be good this year. We cannot be doing this. He he believes that it can be better than what it is right now. You think back to what something else that Logan Tanner said. He said they had a team-only meeting on the Saturday after the Long Beach game. And obviously, they came back and played well after that. He said that then he said they were going to have another team meeting the Friday after the Northern Kentucky game. If you're having two team meetings in the first two weeks of the season, people aren't getting the messages. Yeah. And there, there is a communication issue somewhere within this team. And I don't know where it is, but they got to root that out in the in the next 48 hours. I, I just think it's a team that has heard how great they are for the last six months plus. Everybody said that, you know, you're the national champs. You brought the first national championship here. I think people, they've just been hearing that and are still celebrating it. And the honeymoon's over. That is, that's done. The the championship was in June or late June, early July. This is a new team. This is a new season. Nobody cares about the championship anymore. These fans are over the national championship. You can tell by social media and the message board they want to continue to win. They don't want this to be a season that, you know, well, shucks, we won the actual title last year, so it, this year's a down year. That's fine. No, yeah. they want another one. That's that's what happens when you get that taste, and that's what fans want to see. They want this. They want to see a team that got that taste of success and wants more. And right now, I just don't see that sense of urgency from this team at the plate on the mound. Nobody is going out there and willingly just taking a ball game. And that's what we've seen from Mississippi State players since probably 2016. There's been two, three guys that will just take a ball game from another team. And this team has not found those people yet. There, there's nobody that, I, that I've looked at that I think can just take over a game, that can get in somebody's face in the dugout, that can get in the team's face and tell them, come on, guys, let's go. I, I haven't seen it. It's just, it's just not there right now. We need to reiterate this. Last year, this team lost three games out of conference, three total for the whole season. And they were the seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. They've already got four out of conference losses. One of them is to a team that will finish sub 225, maybe 250 in Northern Kentucky. That's not a good baseball team at all. No. State's RPI, I looked at it on Wednesday afternoon. It may have, I'm sure it went up playing Southern. But it was like 274. Yeah, and that, that'll change. It's but... going to change. It's going to go up big. Is it going to go up 265 spots? If uh, No, not well, if you don't start winning baseball games. Yeah, I mean, you've put yourself in the position now. You have to be great in conference play. To, if, you're, if you're looking at a national seed. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm not I, – I, I absolutely hate – playing this game this early mm-hmm. in the year. But that's what's happened. I'm a now. very long range guy when it comes to baseball. I'm right. very I'm very long term. I don't think you panic early and all that stuff. But when you lose games rapidly like this early and you lose to some bad teams, some teams that and I'm not saying Southern Miss is bad, but 
You right. lost Northern Kentucky. That is a terrible loss. Um, and it doesn't look like Long Beach it, is as good as we wanted to get make them out to be after week one. Yeah, the, these losses add up in the end, and it, it what it does is it takes away your margin of error in SEC play. Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State does not have a schedule like they did in 2016, where they have that that nine game stretch of those awful teams in the back half of the schedule. State mm-hmm. doesn't have that this year. State plays a tough SEC team almost every single week. So this is this is not a good position for Mississippi State to be in. And now it can get significantly worse over the weekend and in the next week. Going into this weekend, and this is danger zone for Mississippi State, and I, it, it's, it's, it's fight or flight time for this particular roster. Are they going to show kind of that MSU DNA where they get their backs against the wall and they fight out of it? Or is this particular team going to kind of fold here early in the conference schedule? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the DNA of some of these players. We're going to find out. I keep going back to the 2014 season. That team was 18 and 12 in the conference. That should be enough to host every year. Maybe not a national seed, but certainly to be a host. Mm-hmm. But they lost, I think, eight or seven or eight non-conference games that year. They lost four on by February 23rd. They had already had four non-conference losses. So mm-hmm. kind of similar to where we are right this second. And that team didn't yeah, host right, 18 and 12. Right now, the – the projection for state right now would be a two seed. Yeah, and look, and it's, it's way too early. But to I'm its, just plays to its potential. You talk about being pissed off that you're hosting a regional and Mississippi State's your two seed. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to go out there in game one, and you know, or, I'm sorry for Mississippi State. You know, think about if you're the one seed, right? State's not going to pitch Landon Sims in that first game. They're gonna they're gonna save him for the one seed. That's not what you want if you're a one seed. Mm-hmm. But for Mississippi State, it's about hosting. You know, it's about being able to host that super regional. And that's why you, you built really stadium. Exactly. That I mean, in baseball and any sport, you want to be at home. And getting that national seed is the goal for everyone to have an opportunity to never have to leave your stadium. When you when you have 13, 14, 15,000 people that can pack in there that is tough for a lot of teams to play in front of that aren't used to it. And that's why Mississippi State's been so good at home mm. since this, especially since this new stadium has been built. Right. But State's been good on the road too, but I, you, you just like your chances a lot more whenever you are at home. 100%. So, But again, more. Very, very early for those kind of thoughts, but we're starting to get to the point where <laughs> you need to win some games here. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk more about this two lane series tomorrow, and, and and just in terms of you know is state season on the is state's hosting resume on the line against Tulane? It very well could be a a two lane sweep or a two lane series win. You are behind the eight ball, but we'll talk more about that uh, on tomorrow's show. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef. Is what's for dinner, and honestly, right now, you could probably go for a steak. It'd probably make you feel a lot better. You had a big, thick ribeye steak in front of you. All of your worries would be cast aside. So maybe tomorrow or maybe tonight for dinner, that's probably the way to go. Swing over to the grocery store, tell the butcher to cut you the biggest steak he can, 
bring that bad boy home and cook it up. You'll feel a lot better. All of this will be like a, a fleeting memory thanks to that big old steak. So do it. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Enjoy it. Beef is what's for dinner. Thanks to the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. If you don't want to cook for yourself, go to Two Brothers. Drown your sorrows in smoked wings. I've done it. By the way, I want to I want to I want to give a shout out again to our, the guy Lloyd. I want to give him a shout out. The first time ever, Robbie. The first time ever, somebody made a fat joke about somebody on this podcast, and it wasn't me. That was that was a bad one too. That was I, not very good. It wasn't a great joke. But for the first time, no, I, ever, I laughed at it too. I mean, like what? Like, what? Holy crap! There was a fat joke, and I wasn't the butt of it. Things are looking up for Brian Hayden. That's all I'm going to say. And like I said, I think I, I'm going to go to Two Brothers at some point this week. I think I'm, I may go. Uh, you know what, Robbie? Why don't we go get lunch on Friday at Two Brothers? You and me. I, I think we can make that happen. Right, maybe maybe we'll invite some of our friends too. We have friends. Yeah, we do uh, have a few. We do, we do. So we'll, we'll just send them. A, you know, hey guys, we want to do this, that, and the other. But first, lunch. And that's what we'll do. So, two brothers, expect to see us. And we expect to see you at two brothers next time you are in Starkville. I'm not going to do it to Advantage Business Systems. All right? What am I going to say? You know, it's just, I can't. I can't do it. So, Advantage Business Systems, great products, great service. Not just great products, but a wider selection than just about anybody else has of all the products your business needs. And then when service, it's not just a call center. It's not a 1-800 number. It's not a week to 10 days, and we'll have it figured out. It's 601-362-9192. It's let me talk to a person here in Mississippi, and it's we'll fix it. We'll be out there today, tomorrow at the latest, and you get back to work. That's what Advantage Business Systems has to offer. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I thought for a second there, I allowed my brain to wander that we were going to see Mississippi State pull, pull off another miraculous second-half comeback against an Auburn team. But alas, it was not meant to be. I will give Mississippi State some credit. They had no reason down 19 points to continue to fight. They had just tapped out at that point, and that game had gotten completely out of hand. Wouldn't have been that surprising. But they fought really hard. They put together their best second half of the season and took Auburn into overtime. But in overtime, the better team, the quality prevailed as the Tigers outscore State by 13 in overtime to win 81-68 at the hump. Uh, a really good second half of basketball for Mississippi State. But, and I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the stat, and you've been. this has been your... Pet peeve all year. O of 13 from behind the arc. I, the fact that you're still in the game, the fact that you're in the game at 0 for 13 is incredible to me. Their three-point shooting or, or lack thereof is just an absolute handicap for this team. I feel like there's a word. I mean, you're, not, you're not giving yourself a, a chance against anybody when you're shooting that badly. What, what could that word be? What would be the word that just – oh, yeah. They're putrid. They can't shoot the three. I've never seen a college basketball team this bad at shooting the three. They're one for 33. One for 33 in the last three games. 
I mean, you could go out there, you could shoot 33 three-pointers. I, I guarantee you would hit three. I, I guarantee you would hit three of 33. I promise you. That, flat, that three by Garrison Brooks missed the goal. It missed everything on the last possession of the game. Hey, by the way, you're over for rough. 12. You were 0 for 12 in the ball game, and you draw up a three-point shot. I don't even know if they drew it up, but that's what you do on the last possession to well, give what, them the ball with like 14 seconds left, and they're dribbling down the court trying to win the game. You had a chance to go two for one as well. Was, the, to go the, last, one. the last minute was an absolute absurdity. And let's give credit where credit's due. Auburn's last look was awful, too. Both teams. Well, State, State, I thought State played incredible defense. They did. In the second half. They did. As a whole. But I just don't understand what was happening that last minute. Iverson Molinar just completely melted away in the second half. Five of 19 shooting. That's, that's awful. And... and I, just, I can't get over the last minute of what happened in the last minute of that reg, of regulation. When State had a, ch- a chance there to win the ball game, at least take the lead there in the last minute, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, Moore, I, I just – Keeps I, the double figures streak going, but five of 19 shooting. Oh. Olu Smith with a big day, 22 and 12. Garrison Brooks almost has a double-double at 10 and 8, but like you said, he missed that, that three-pointer there at the end, and I have no idea why. Shaq Moore, 0 of 6 from behind the arc. G.J. Jeffries, 3 of 7 shooting. Anderson Garcia, let's give this guy some credit and some pub. Plays He's become off. a tremendous role player for Mississippi State and the kind of guy that you can sort of build your bench around, in my opinion. Eight points, 13 rebounds. He had three assists uh, as well. Uh had a he, and Cam, he and Cam Matthews both were kind of the catalyst for Mississippi State in that second half. Yeah. Because the defense really is, is what allowed them to get back in it. They held Auburn scoreless for like four and a half, five minutes, whatever it was mm-hmm. in the second half. I missed a, a little bit of the second half because I was doing interviews with uh, baseball. But I think it was like five minutes or something without a field goal, and those two were really the key. Yeah. Uh, State's defense as a whole was the key. I mean, you hold Auburn 19 points under what they had in the first quarter. I, I, thought, the, I thought the defense was unbelievable. State but plus 18 20, in rebounding, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they played their butts off. And the, it, the, the effort has never been an issue with this team, in, in, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't think effort has ever been a problem. It's just they can't shoot. They cannot shoot the three. And today they didn't take care of the ba- the basketball either against a really good defense. Yeah, twenty turnovers. Yeah, but twenty turnovers is too high. Yeah, and Auburn scored twenty five points, and the turnovers at the beginning of the overtime lost them the game. Yeah, and they 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 came in in those first couple of possessions. Iverson Molinar dribbled it in there, uh, lackadaisically. DJ DJ uh, Jeffries dribbled it in there, went in the paint. Mm. That, that's too good of a defense dribbling in the paint like that and expecting to have anything other than a turnover or something like that. So that's just um, Shaquille Moore over six from three. I mean, these uh, that number just continues. Just it's to, brutal. It's oh, just brutal for Mississippi State. And that's their second 0 for 13 game, by the way, I think. Yeah, in the last. well, I think they were 0 for 14 against uh, South Carolina. 
So, yeah. And I, I thought that was I thought that was rough that they had a, a just one game with no mm-hmm. made three pointers. Yeah, but now two, they have two something in the last two weeks. And so now Texas A and M on Saturday. That's a team that won tonight. Uh, I think at Alabama. I know they beat Alabama. I think it was at Alabama. They have 18 wins, so they're sort of like, you know, a couple wins away in the tournament. Could they get in? I don't know. So, I mean, State's been so bad on the road this year. I never would have thought, assuming State loses that game, 17 and 14, you could have you could have owned my house, man. I never would have thought they were going to be like that back in November. No. But, you know, th- this game really just sums, sums it up for Mississippi State. I mean – they're good enough to be in a game against anybody. They're good enough to be right there in position. Yeah. They're just not they're not gonna win. Yeah. They're not gonna do it. Yeah. I mean, this At is this, this stage is, what the fifth or sixth game of the season that's yeah. played exactly to the same script. I, I told I told a, a group of my friends whenever uh Auburn got the lead, I think in later in, in fourth quarter or whatever, or I mean second half. I thought Auburn was going to win the ball game. When it went to overtime, I said Auburn wins by double digits. I just didn't think State could could handle it there in overtime. Yeah. And that's oh, wow. just – it's a brutal loss. And listen, I mean, i tell you what was really kind of humbling and kind of tells me where things are at Mississippi State right now. To see Auburn just take over the arena like that in a game where you're hosting a top-five team. Yeah. You have people in the lower level. You got a dude standing up, waving at the fans on the in the side court, on those uh, black seats. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's really embarrassing. Yeah, and and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I understand fans not going to games, but the number five team in the country coming in there, and you got all you got orange all over the arena. Mm-hmm. You got the entire upper upper deck packed with with fans that came over on buses. Mm-hmm. This fan base doesn't care about basketball they don't care and that's it's not their fault i mean it's it's been made that way nobody wants to watch this team anymore everybody's done so whenever this hire um eventually happens it needs to be a good one it needs to be a really really good one because this fan base i I see all these other schools around the country i watched an exciting crowd at wisconsin and Purdue last night, you see, you know, Indiana, all these Big Ten teams. You see Auburn Arena like it is. You see um, LSU, Arkansas, and then you come to the hump and a place that used to be just yeah. vibrant and loud and a torture chamber. And you know, it's, it's dead. It is dead. It is one of the worst atmospheres in the SEC right now. I just thought of this. Think about the last few coaching changes for Mississippi State. You know, the last one was Nicky McCray, obviously. Mm-hmm. You didn't know when you were watching Nikki McRae's last game that you were watching her last game. Yeah. You didn't know that with Schaefer. You didn't know it with Moorhead. You didn't know it with Mullen. You didn't really know it with, with Rick Ray. When his last game, you no. Def- you I definitely didn't, didn't know it. We, you know, yeah, you didn't we know all thought Canis- he was another year. You certainly didn't know it with Canizero. You know, Henderson maybe, but he was an interim. This is the first time where it's sort of been dead men walking for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you basically know that Ben Hallen, you know, when the season ends, that's it. He's got one more regular season game, and then however long they can keep it going down in Tampa, I'd be surprised if it's more than two games. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, especially when you think about going 
I remember that the press conference in 2015 when they brought him in, and I was just I remember seeing him walk onto the floor of the hump. And I'm like, that's Ben Howland. I remember yeah. talking to Brandon Walker about this very, very vividly. Remember, because Brandon, you know, this is base basketball is his favorite thing, and he and he was afterwards like, Brian, we hired we hired Ben Howland. Ben Howland of three Final Fours, all those great players, they hired him, and and I thought this is a slam dunk to get Mississippi State back in basketball. And it just it just hasn't been for for whatever reason. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, that, that coaching search is going to be like having two coaching searches going on at the same time. Not a lot of teams in the country have that issue going on. And also, this was sort of the end of an era, by the way, that we don't really talk about. You mentioned the hump will look completely different the next time we set foot in it. Yeah. So what's what's it going to take to to get the fan base back in there and get them excited? What's tough is this, Robbie, is that, you know, you're not hiring Bill Self at Mississippi State, right? Yeah, you're not hiring uh, Mark Few or 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 Scott Drew or anybody like that. Right. So whoever you hire, some is going to be some mid-major coach that the average Mississippi State fan has no familiarity with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even when Mullen was hired or Moorhead, you at least you knew something about them, you know. And, but if nothing else, you could point to okay, he coached at Florida. Oh, he coached at Penn State. Okay, he's probably a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. You're going to hire a coach who you know coaches at a a smaller school, and the first the average fan is good, their first reaction is going to be, well, I, I mean, I don't know anything you know about that program and. It's gonna. T- it's it's not gonna just be, okay. We've changed coaches. Come back to the hump. It's going to be a process, and it's gonna take. It's gonna take some wins. It's gonna take some wins. I do believe that once you start seeing some consistency from the basketball program, people will come back. I do believe that, but I don't think it's just gonna be week one of the season next year. And it, it's not even gonna be like. Remember Howland's first game, the pump. The hump was packed because yeah. Ben Howland was a name. You knew who that was. It's not going to be the same this time around, I don't think. It's going to, take, it's going to be a process to get people back to the hump. It can happen, but it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's, yeah. it's been a decade. It's been 10 years. It's just, man, me, me and you growing up. It's just different, yeah. Waiting outside, you know, a, a few of us camped outside to, to get in there with have, teams that weren't good. Yeah. Teams were not good. It's just the, the culture now is completely different. And it started early, later in Stansbury's tenure, mm-hmm. not not really with the crowds like not being there, but the people, the students. You know, I remember like in twenty eleven or when it, the year that they were, um, they started off really well. Arnett Moultrie, I guess, yeah, twenty eleven twelve, yeah. Like around that time, I just remember being really frustrated when I was in a student about how, like, the students weren't in the ball game. They mm-hmm. kind of just sat there. They were on their phones. Wasn't the same. It started to tail off there, and now you've got to where people just aren't coming. Yeah. If they are there, they're not really excited. Yeah. So it's got to be a complete culture reset. It's got to – you know, Mississippi State fans have got to just love basketball again, and that's going to take time, I think. Probably be a lot easier if you beat writers were, you know, a little more, more positive. I'll be totally honest with you. That's right. So, I mean, we're not pumping right. enough sunshine. We're not doing our jobs. I hear you. All right, tomorrow's show, what is this series going to mean for Mississippi State as far as being a host? That's the big question. 
going to that. We'll obviously preview the series. We'll have the rotation by then. I assume it's going to be the same for Mississippi State uh, with, with Sims, Johnson, and Smith. Um, those guys are going to have to deliver because this, this batting order, man, they, they are in need of a shakeup. We'll see what happens. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening and making it through this edition of Thunder and Lightning here. You're, you're a real big fan of this show. If you've listened to this, you listen this far, <laughs> you are a trooper. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Talk Mississippi Media Production.